What's going on, guys? My name is David Gibbs. I am the host and founder of this podcast, SIDcast, a podcast resource dedicated to telling stories and sharing the experiences of the sports information and athletic communications profession. Before we get any further into today's episode, I would like you to go over to iTunes or wherever you get this podcast and leave us a rating and review. It helps the show to grow up on the charts as well as continue to tell the SID story. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Infocast and sign up for our newsletter at sidcast.fireside.fm slash newsletter. Now, let's get into today's conversation. Welcome back to another episode of Best Side Decast. Uh, really excited to have you guys here. Real excited that um, we have another episode for you today. I know I missed a lot of time back in the summer and fall months. Um, and now we've got a little bit of a streak going here to where we haven't really missed anything because we've got some awesome guests and uh, in the right headspace to be doing this sort of thing. And that's headspace is what we talked about today with uh, Wade Neely of Martin Methodist. That's down in uh, Tennessee, for those of you that don't know. Uh, Wade grew up a huge baseball fan, wanted to kind of get into the broadcasting stuff, and then uh, slowly, just like some of you, um, had to work through a sports information office in one way or another, uh, not really by any force or anything like that, just kind of fell in love with it. So we, we talk about kind of how he developed a work worker mentality, I would say, for working with the uh, Tennessee Titans uh, radio network, and then also... Uh, to where he's at now and then especially there are some things we'll talk about today um, as far as mental and physical health is concerned. Uh, Wade is a level one CrossFit instructor. He works at the uh, CrossFit gym down in Belusky. Um, I myself work out every day except the weekends. Um, run as much as I can about four miles this a day, two at the bare minimum. Um, so we talk a lot about the physical health side of things we talk about um, kind of chiseling away at your goals. And, and I'll tell this story kind of in the intro here. Um, I think it's the Spurs that that have something on the wall somewhere that say like the stonemason uh, kept cracking, hitting away or striking away at this uh, basically marble and uh, nothing happened for 100 strikes. And it wasn't until the 101st strike that a crack happened. But he knows that it wasn't the 101st strike that caused the crack. It was all the 100 before that. And so we go through that kind of um, angle or mentality or thought, uh, if you will, as it comes to your mental and uh, physical health in a world where uh, instant gratification is um, instant, basically. So, uh, and especially in, the, in this job or industry, especially where I'm at now, being a digital and social system, um, that is something that can be very, very dangerous for parts of our brain. Um, can be very dangerous for personal development because hey, you got ambitious goals. It's going to take time. And we all know that nothing happens overnight, but you still don't want to put in the work to, to go nights uh, of doing 100 strikes until you break free on the 101st. So we'll talk about all that. Really enjoyed this episode. It was, it was, a, it was a good one. It's a nice way to uh, kind of round out January this year, which I thank you all for uh, watching or listening to anything that we've had this past month. We've had a very, very good month and a nice, uh, easy glide, easy kickoff into 2020. And uh, next week, and all the, the weeks coming up after, 
uh, really, really excited for. So anyway, let's get into it with episode 147 of Castle Wade Neely, the Martin Methodist Red Hawks, and as a sport background growing up right here on SIDcast. Yeah, you know, uh, and first of all, thank you guys uh, uh, for allowing me to share. Uh, this is kind of a fun telling my story because um, basically from the time I was five or six years old, I kind of have grown up uh, with sports, uh, grown up uh, at sporting events um, from the smallest of levels uh, to eventually later in life, the biggest of levels. Um, uh, just a quick backstory. I grew up playing uh, small town, little, you know, small town America, little league baseball, like a lot of us did in the uh, 90s and, and early 2000s, and uh, my parents got so involved in it that uh, my dad ended up uh, becoming the president of our local Little League park. My mom was the uh, concession stand manager, so literally I was at the park uh, five, six days a week, and it was back in the day, you know, you would get uh, to the park at three or four in the afternoon, and the first game started at four or five, and you'd be there till 10 p.m. at night, just all of our friends, all of our buddies just running around acting crazy, you know, just, just being little kids, having a good old time. Well, eventually, um, I started noticing, um, the press box kind of area. I don't know how it happened or, or what came about, but, um, uh, it was kind of the cool little area where the, you know, the more, as I got a little older, you know, the high school kids that you were, were hanging out with and stuff, that's where they ended up getting a lot of their summer jobs and their, their smaller jobs. So eventually to me, that was always kind of a cool thing to do. And uh, I said, I'll do whatever I got to do to, uh, to to get into the press box and to hang out. And eventually uh, paid my dues and was able to uh, to land a, a job there. Um, and right away, I knew that if you could do this type of job, you could probably work uh, in a number of professions because uh, our duties included uh, keeping the old school style, you know, pen and pencil uh, version of the, your, your baseball scorebook, um, mm-hmm. running, running the scoreboard, and then also – uh, and this was my uh, personal favorite, you know, you get to announce the names and, you know, there's nothing cooler when you're a five and six year old kid playing T-ball. When they announce your name, you get to come up to the plate and, you know, do your thing. So to me, that was something that I always took a lot of pride in and, uh, and enjoyed. And I guess you could say from a from a small age uh, as an adolescent there that I was destined to work in sports in some capacity, um, played baseball growing up, uh, played also a little bit of football and then played soccer in high school. And uh, just just knew, uh, obviously, like a lot of us, that uh, playing professional sports was probably never really going to be a, a, a real thing that was going to happen. But uh, I always had that love for uh, for the game and, and knew that I would one day probably work in this profession. And so I came about it earnestly and I came about it honestly. And uh, I think that's honestly why I'm probably still uh, as passionate about the industry and as uh, about sporting uh, events as I am today. Do you still keep a baseball scorebook when you do uh... – stats for softball or baseball i do i I will occasionally um mainly if nothing else to kind of have a backup and also just to show some of the new kids uh who are only used to uh you know the various stat softwares pro uh, that there was a a version uh back before this you know I, i remember back in the day um you'd watch sunday night baseball that was when that was like you know must see tv especially during the summertime when there's not a lot else on tv and you'd fill out the lineup and you would stat the game, you know, just, uh, just going along with the TV screen there. So, um, I'm not the type that has done that. I don't get a chance to go to many professional games, uh, but they're, you know, they're all the, the folks that still go out and do that. And that's, I think that's a thing that if you enjoy doing that, it's kind of just a way of, uh, 
maintaining a little bit of Zen with the game there and kind of, kind of maintaining your, your space in the game. So I appreciate the, the, the people that still do that to this day, no doubt. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, you knew when, when you were kind of moving on to bigger and better things that you just wanted to be in sport. I mean, did that look like in the communications office? I mean, what did you think that that career path looked like for you at that time before you even found sports info? So that's a great question. I didn't really know, obviously, that sports information uh, existed outside of the parameters uh, of that ballpark. But I did eventually uh, start working in some other roles. I I stopped playing uh, football after a couple of years, but our coach uh, really still wanted me involved with the program. So I would help uh, keep some of the stats. And uh, it never got to this level. But uh, one of the coaches was going to offer me a small time coaching position, kind of helping out. Uh, and working with the offense a little bit. So uh, unfortunately, my coaching career was very short-lived in football, but uh, I did have a little bit of a dream there for, for a few weeks, I suppose. But uh, all that to say that uh, I knew that I wanted to be involved in the communications realm. Uh, got involved heavily in the school newspaper in high school. Uh, got involved in our kind of video club, if you will. That was kind of a thing that we had at our school, uh, producing some uh, daily announcements, you know, type video, kind of like a, a sketch type uh, show, yeah. like a sketch comedy type show almost. So I uh, had some experience getting involved in that. And then I was very fortunate that uh, there was a really good school uh, just right down the road in Middle Tennessee State University, MTSU. Uh, they're, they're known for their uh, electronic media journalism uh, programming. And they're, they're so close to Nashville that uh, they have so many tremendous contacts. And uh, MTSU was the only school that I applied to. And, and I knew um, – from about my junior year on, that that's where I was going to go, and that was what I was going to get into was was sports journalism. Um, at that point, I really didn't know that sports information was was still a thing. Uh, but at MTSU, I, I just kind of really uh, got lucky and bumped into a couple of really good people at the right time. Um, a good friend of mine still to this day is Mr. Russell Luna. Russell's a veteran in the sports information scene. He's bounced around all over the place. Uh, he's been at MTSU. He's been uh, at West Virginia. He's working for the Big 12 uh, as well. So That's right. he's a career he's a career uh, guy, and he's, he's a fantastic mentor. He and I uh, got our uh, reps in early. Um, he had experience in radio as well. Uh, but more importantly, he knew uh, a lot of people higher up the ladder than I did. And when I say that, he, he knew how to apply to get uh, press credentials. We were very fortunate that uh, – uh, he had connections at a local radio station back in his hometown, uh, which was which pretty close to where we are here in Pulaski. But so with that being said, we were able to apply for uh, press passes and go, quote unquote, cover uh, sporting events. So uh, we would go cover uh, the Nashville Predators. Uh, this is back in the, the earlier days of the, the Predators, not their infancy, but uh, kind of the, the middle of the, the road. So their access was somewhat, you know, obtainable at the time. It's it's little bit uh, stricter set of guidelines now um, a radio station reaching about 6,000 people probably won't cut it as far as the media market is concerned now for, yeah. the, for the predators and those type of guys but um, he taught me how to be a, a true professional um, so from day one always tried to um, adhere to you know the quote-unquote press box etiquette and I think that from an early age taught me uh, how to be around uh, a press box and how to be around uh, high-level professionals uh, while maintaining that degree of professionalism. So we covered a ton of Predators games that year. Um, another good friend of mine who was at MTSU, he works uh, radio in Nashville still to this day, a gentleman by the name of Jacob Underwood, one of my lifelong friends. Um, he and I happened to be uh, at a Predators game, and he was uh, an intern for uh, 104.5 The Zone at the time, which is one of Nashville's top radio stations, sports talk radio stations. And uh, we happened to be back uh, back in the postgame game 
radio lounge doing the show. I was just kind of just hanging out as a guest after the game had ended. And a third friend of ours, uh, a guy by the name of Mr. Jonathan Hutton, who is uh, one of the sideline reporters for the Tennessee Titans now on Titans Radio. He also works for 104.5 The Zone. He uh, he said that he had seen me at a few of the games, you know, and, and he's uh, we had worked together with some projects for uh, MTSU's Rivals website and just, just small-time pro- small projects. And so he approached me and says, hey, um, I know the semester has already started, but we need to ask you a, a huge favor if you – uh, could come up and, and volunteer maybe to help us out working with uh, with Titans Radio. Um, our intern is probably going to be leaving in a couple weeks, and uh, we, we can't offer you an internship just yet. Um, we can't offer you any payment just yet, but if you're willing to volunteer, um, you'll get act, you'll get to work with the Titans Radio guys, and you'll get to work. Uh, this back in the days when they had the Arena Football League. So mm-hmm. uh, my primary, primary duties back then um, were to drive every day, uh, or three or four times a week, I should say, to Nashville, which is about 20, 30 minutes from Murfreesboro. Uh, it takes about two hours now with traffic, unfortunately. But uh, huh. back, then, back then, it was somewhat tolerable. And uh, cover practice, I uh, got to work with uh, Mike Keith and Frank Wycheck uh, and a lot of the Titans radio guys who, again, taught me uh, professionalism, professionalism, professionalism. And I didn't want to disappoint those guys. So I tried to, to, to go about the business the best way that I could. And being around those guys, got to cover practice, covered the games, uh, wrote recaps for the website, uh, and collected a lot of data and, and put that on the Titans Radio website. So that was kind of another toe uh, that I, so to speak, dipped into the, the sports information realm. And then uh, kind of things just snowballed from there um, all the way up until 2009 when I graduated. And uh, I was one of these people like many that just – thought, you know, as soon as graduation hit, I was guaranteed to get a job and it was going to be, you know, my dream job right out of college. Well, um, four months later, I was still applying for jobs and, and wasn't even getting many phone calls back, if, if any at all. So I was kind of humbled a little bit uh, early in that regard. Uh, but it did help me in, in a sense that I stumbled into um, a small town radio station here in Pulaski, still worked for them uh, in a freelance role to this day, uh, WKSR. And um the Lake family, Mr. Herschel Lake, who's no longer with us, unfortunately, but I got to give him a shout out. He saw a, uh, a young kid that was willing to to put some some work in, and he hired me on as their uh, local play-by-play announcer for our local football team, who's just coming off a state championship. Uh, had kids like Bo Wallace go on to play at Ole Miss, really good huh. quarterback. Yeah. Um, and so stepping right in, I got to announce some big time football games, the two play by play voices, the the play by play voice and the analyst both had decided to retire uh, no matter what happened at the end of 2009. And as fate would have it, they go on to win the state championship that year. Um, Bo and then one of our other good friends, Zach Bailey, playing wide receiver, uh, they, they tore it up in the state title game. So stepped right in with the big shoes to fill, but uh, got a lot of eyeballs immediately, uh, so to speak. And Again, that just professionalism from having worked with the Titans and having covered a lot of Predators games. I said, if you can treat uh, this small-town job as professionally as you treated the job with with those two organizations, then I think you're going to be in a good space. So I tried to just put my head down, do do the best work that I could. Uh, well, the only thing that was uh, a bit of a concern was, you know, I had this great opportunity lined up to announce high school football games. Well, A, that's only 10 weeks of the year. But uh, B, that's not a full-time job, and, and the season was about four months, still two or three months away. So I called the radio station, asked if I could help uh, just do some small projects, and they assigned me some small writing duties. And uh, 
I just remembered at MTSU with our with our media uh, classes and stuff, they said that if you can write for radio, you can write for TV, if you can write for a newspaper, if you can write at all, you're going to always land on your feet in some capacity. So um, try to put those writing skills to use, write the best little news stories and snippets and recaps that I could. Uh, the higher-ups were kind of impressed, and they uh, put me into the uh, title of our sports program director. Um, I was in charge of assigning um, – other sports, uh, we have two schools in our county. I was in charge of finding the other play-by-play voices, kind of managing them, so to speak, uh, managing our daily sports cast. But all the while, I'm still continuing to write, and I'm writing a lot more recaps. So um, at this time, I befriended – I shouldn't say befriended because we've always been uh, friends. In fact, my athletic director, Mr. Jeff Bain, he's 25-plus uh, years our AD here at Martin Methodist. But uh, he would say most famously he is known for being my Little League baseball coach. Back huh. in uh, back in the early uh, to mid '90s, there he and uh, uh, myself and his son Nate, who uh, is the social media director for the Tennessee Titans now. Nate and I were on the same team, and uh, Jeff Bain and uh, one of our other uh, former vice presidents here at Martin Methodist were our two little league coaches. So uh, I came by my love for Martin Methodist uh, early and honestly, so to speak. So, but uh, I befriended Jeff, and their radio voice had also stepped away. He said, you're already doing, you know, the Giles County football games. How would you like to do uh, Mark Methodist basketball? So that opportunity presented itself, and I was able to to freelance, so to speak, working for them. Well, while I was uh, doing that, I became pretty good friends, uh, as you might expect. A, a sports uh, broadcaster's best friend is usually the sports information director. So uh, Claire Paul was our sports information director at the time. Me and her became really good friends uh, because I was announcing the games for uh, basketball, but I was also covering the games as a journalist for the radio station and the newspaper here in town. So um, further and further, I just kind of fall in love, so to speak, with this uh, this career of sports information, which I really didn't even know existed as a kid back in the day at that, at that Little League ballpark. Um, but Claire decided to uh, move on. And I applied for the job. I had applied for it once before, before Claire was here. I had no idea what the job really entailed, but I knew I wanted to work uh, with Jeff in the athletic department. And he said, you're not ready yet, but when Claire leaves, um, when this when this next person comes in, you might be, be able to get a crack at it. And so uh, Claire left to pursue other opportunities. She She's back with us working as a uh, uh, full-time uh, faculty member now. But uh, Claire left, and she gave me some, some great tips and pieces of advice along the way, and I was able to fill in, and uh, I kind of just – uh, by somehow grace, I guess, just slipped into this position here at Martin Methodist and uh, they haven't been able to get rid of me just yet. <laughs> Isn't it just wild when you, when, when you think about all those high school games that you called, cause I, I'm kind of the same way. Iowa basketball is about to come here in a few weeks and I'm like, Oh, I called, I look at the roster and I'm like, Oh, I called his games when he was at castle. Well, I called his games and I, I look across the country and I'm like, Oh, this Clemson basketball player, I called his games in high school. I just think that that's, that's absolutely wild to, to have those sorts of funny little connections there. But um, you talk about when, when you had those radio jobs at the small town radio stations, you treated it like basically it was the Tennessee Titans. And mm-hmm. I think that uh, that is an testament to, to basically treating a place anywhere you are, no matter what level, JUCO, Division Three, NAI, whatever the hell it is, treating it like it is big time. Uh, would you say that that is correct? I would say that's 100% correct, and if you're not doing that, uh, you're probably maybe not cut out for this profession, or maybe you're not even cut out to work in uh, in college athletics, unfortunately. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you about is, is you didn't, when you got to work with the Titans radio people, um, you didn't want to disappoint them. And most kids that I'm finding, I mean, even at USI and even here now, we're, we're having people that there are kids who are looking for internships or maybe student workers who um, don't want to put in the work flat out. Like they just want to be able to check off the box and, and go home and, and watch Netflix and be done with it. Um, what was once kind of what was it like for you developing that worker mentality in order to see the bigger picture of where you were going to go in your career path because you know you might lose some sleep now but hey it might benefit you later on right absolutely and uh i think the guys that i mentioned uh russell luna uh he i don't know his full background because uh we met uh at mtsu we had not known each other prior but uh he obviously had learned some some things along the way in terms of professionalism and, and we announced um local basketball games in murfreesboro uh while we were together as uh, i was his analyst for uh women's basketball and he was the the same for for the men's basketball so we we tried to treat uh the small time like the big time like you're talking about and just working with those guys and then and working with uh, with jonathan hutton and i knew jonathan uh like I said, is the sideline reporter for Titans radio. Now he, I could sense when he offered me that position that like, Hey, I'm really sticking my neck out for you. And so I didn't want to disappoint him just as a friend more than anything else. Um, and that's even before I got to meet uh, the rest of the staff with Titans radio. And um, there were interns that came and interns that went uh, during uh, that semester ish that I was with the Titans radio because uh, some of them had their various reasons. They didn't stick. And I just, kept thinking to myself, how, how in the world do you get this opportunity? And you're just, just not that interested or not uh, excited to go to, to work every day. So uh, for me, like I said, the, the worst part was just having to do the commute. Um, and it wasn't even that bad then. Like I said, now you're looking at a, a tougher commute as bad as traffic is there. But I mean, I think if you're willing to put in, um, you know, you hear guys like uh, Gary V and some other famous uh, people talk about just, you know, just show up and just do your job and, that sounds so simple, but it's really the truth. I mean, if you just show up and just continuously deliver and just continuously put forth uh, your best effort, I mean, that it sounds trivial, but uh, that really goes a long way. And people just eventually just start to take notice of that. And, and you know, that, that stuff is uh, contagious. You never know where it's going to end up. We've talked a little bit about your network here uh, of all the people that you have had the blessing to meet over the past, you know, a couple of years within your, your, your profession and your tenure. Um, how do you call upon that? Because like you said, you're, you're a little league baseball coach. It's now also an athletic director that you, you know, at one point, actually twice, we're looking for a job from, I mean, how do you call upon that from, from connections that either you just met or maybe even uh, people that you have known for quite a while? Yeah, no, you know, it's interesting. Um, coming into sports information really kind of uh, for the first time, the way I look at this job that I'm in um, the first three years for sure. I was I mean, really the first, the first two weeks for sure. I was reaching out to every single person that I knew even remotely connected to the industry because I had no, really no idea what I was doing, you know, and it looks a lot different back in 2012 when I started that, than it does today. So I don't know if I could have pulled it off uh, right now, uh, the way I pulled it off back in 2012, but I was fortunate uh, that Claire left me in a great spot and uh, Chris Megason, some other folks who were SIDs here at Mark Methodist before, um, they, they had done some great work. So the template was kind of there. And honestly, I just tried to not mess up the template, the blueprint that was kind of kind of there. But I really did uh, reach out to as many people as I could. Uh, Jeff is my AD is very huge into professional development. 
And uh, he said, no matter what you do, you got to go to COSIDA. You got to uh, get involved with these organizations as soon as possible. And, uh, you know, I don't care what it costs, you know, uh, make it work. If you got to reallocate some money, you know, elsewhere, we'll make that work. But uh, but you got to get down there and you got to start meeting some people, putting names with faces. And honestly, that's just what I tried to do. I always tried to reach out to people if I saw something cool. Um, I kind of just tried to steal little bits and pieces of knowledge from uh, from other schools. Um, no idea. At Martin Methodist, we have a saying, no idea is too big to steal, so to speak. So hmm. uh, Jeff, Jeff and I will try and, uh, you know, take a – project that the University of Oregon or, you know, Tennessee is working on. And we can't do it exactly like they do, but we'll try and scale it down to what the parameters look like for Martin Methodist. So uh, that's kind of just been my little, I've never, I've never been afraid to go out and ask uh, for advice or admit where I'm wrong and, you know, ask how to learn how to do it better. Uh, that goes back to the radio show that I was hosting in Pulaski. Um, I would get on Twitter and just hit up random people um, I would at Bomani Jones. I would at, you know, all sorts of people. And every now and again, believe it or not, you would get a few replies from people who just respect your, you know, professional courtesy of asking and, and they would come on and do some interviews. So um, I just learned that you can never be too scared. You shouldn't be scared to ask a question. And uh, if you see something that you like that someone else is doing, don't be scared to ask them, you know, how can you implement it at, at your level if you need to? I think that uh, that's a huge uh, benefit to SIDs is being able to uh, to take ideas from other people and, and make it work for them. You talk about uh, the difference between 2012, even to, to now and 2020, I almost said 2019. Um, that's just a few short years. Uh, and especially now that you're at a spot to where, uh, you got a lot to do at the NAI level. I mean, you're a one-man shop. Uh, what about, I mean, I know this is kind of a generic question, um, and, and it kind of varies from from situation to situation, but how do you manage all those duties? I mean, because your role is beyond just doing sports information, maybe on game days, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I tell all of our, our work studies and our interns that uh, you're at a, a really good spot if you truly want to work in sports and if you want to work uh in college athletics you're you're not going to find a better spot than our office in martin methodist because some days i may not even put on my sports information hat but that's because i'm wearing a marketing hat for uh the entire you know work day some days um I'm in meetings with our development office. Some days, you know, we're we're in meetings with uh, our our vice presidents, and we're trying to to map out uh, some fundraising ideas and things of that nature. So, um, it really truly is kind of a a full time juggling act. But I, I joke that it goes back to that little league uh, baseball day where if you can keep a scorebook, keep a scoreboard, and keep uh, the names right on the microphone, then you can probably manage time and manage tasks pretty well. Um, some things do fall through the cracks. I'm, I'm not uh, perfect. Uh, I think a lot of SIDs would admit that as well. It can be tough to, to balance all that. Um, I try and prioritize. I'm very fortunate that Jeff and, and our staff here at Martin Methodist, they kind of uh, help in and help out wherever they can. Uh, we're kind of a family here of sorts. Um, truly, uh, some of us uh, more than others are volleyball coaches or husband and wife. They pitch in our volleyball uh, assistant coach. He's probably one of my more reliable um, scoreboard table workers. He's, he's hmm. never – uh, too big to turn down. They're just coming off their first ever uh, Southern States Athletic Conference Championship. And two weeks later, he's asking, can, can he work the scoreboard at a basketball game? So um, really blessed to just be around a lot of people that also really uh, love Martin Methodist and love our school. So I think if you can build those relationships honestly and earnestly, 
uh, that does help a lot with the with the time management because uh, instead of freaking out about you know uh, staffing your table about writing an article or something, you can if you can have some good reliable workers um, that kind of does help patch up some of those holes that you might otherwise miss because there there are going to be some times that you're going to miss some things at a level of this nature. Um, you just got to try and do a little damage control at times. You talk about building relationships now. What about if if it's somebody higher up than you. I mean, you've had the benefit of, of somebody who said, Hey, professional development is absolutely key. I don't care what it costs. Um, you need to go do it. Uh, how do you maintain that relationship with somebody? I mean, we just talked with Adam Levin last week about uh, kind of following your dreams and being able to, to communicate before he went on Jeopardy. Um, how do you go about doing that? Uh, even at any sort of level, maybe it just, to talk to him, to tell him that like, Hey, I'm a little stressed or I could use a little help or I could use a little money. I mean, how do you, how do you go about that? Yeah. And you know, obviously that's a, I've only had the one athletic director. That could be a tough, uh, I know some people, you know, have had three, four, maybe even five different ADs and that's, that's a tough process um, to have to navigate, no doubt. But Jeff and I have, have really settled into a nice groove. Um, When I first started, there were days where um, we basically accept to each other that, you know, there's going to be times where we're going to need to work on stuff later in the evening. Um, there's going to be times where we need to work on stuff very early in the morning. Um, and so we've just kind of developed a natural uh, little rhythm, but at the end of the day, um, it's just putting in the, it's kind of putting that foot forward and just doing and showing up and doing the job mentality. I think that, that Jeff really appreciates um, the work that, that our office puts in. And when I say our office, I, I me basically, but uh, yeah, yeah. so that, that's been a, uh, that's been a big thing. And I think one of the biggest things that uh, has been fun to work with in regard to him is um, I told him and I wanted to really put an emphasis on, uh, on physical and mental health and especially starting at the physical level. Um, I had learned about a new um, uh, CrossFit gym here in town in Pulaski and, and I've been invited to come try it out and I fell in love with it immediately. Well, that whole, culture is based on you show up at a certain time every single day and you do the workout then and there there's no come in you know 24 7 and do your own workout well jeff uh understood that i had a passion for this and uh, i said hey obviously if it you know interferes with the game or something like that then you know then we'll we'll have to make exceptions but um if i if i can get this time every single day to kind of just mentally check out for an hour uh while also getting a physical workout in um you know would that be okay and he's we started uh rescheduling our meetings around, you know, those, those type of things, uh, because he realized that, that the physical, uh, health was, uh, was a big, uh, big issue for me. Uh, he's a runner himself. So he, I think maybe that's what helped him sympathize with that a little bit, but, uh, I think just not being able to, uh, being afraid to have a conversation. And if, if you're have a conversation in earnest and your, your athletic director, or your supervisor doesn't really see eye to eye with you, then maybe don't, you know, have a, a knockdown drag out right there, but you may be looking at something, uh, if you're coming at him sincere and you have a plan and, you, and you're approaching him or her correctly, then, and they're still kind of giving you some feedback, then that may be a bigger issue uh, or something that you may need to address down the road potentially. You talk about some of the physical mental stuff, and that's something that I really wanted to talk with you about. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I am a firm believer that if you're going through whatever bout, if you're going through some depression, if you're going through, um, you know, just not just feeling off, if you don't get some sunlight, if you don't get some diet, like proper food, if you don't get some exercise in you, you're not giving yourself a fighting chance. So um, 
for you, and I can speak to me as well, uh, how has the physical uh, activity uh, really helped your mentality uh, moving forward, maybe even some mental health stuff? Oh, it, it's, it's been huge. Um, the, the workout that I usually uh, go to is late, always later in the afternoon. And uh, like I said, unless we have a game of some sort, uh, I'm pretty much afforded that opportunity to go. And I, I truly look forward to that now at this point. Uh, you know, a lot of people uh, kind of dread that uh, that having to get off the couch and, and go to the gym or get up and walk or move or, or something like that. But it's, that's something now that I just uh, – I tried to take something that I was not the biggest fan of, exercising and working out, uh, and, and make it – or the pattern that I had fallen into at least did not make it uh, very enjoyable. And I tried to make it one of my most enjoyable things and it, and it stuck with me. And I think uh, it doesn't have to be a drastic, huge overnight uh, turnaround. And I would argue that it shouldn't be. Um, I think you need to maybe to tiptoe into it, baby into it. Um, I'd be really curious to see. Um, I know across the sports information world, we're kind of at a disadvantage a with the long hours, B the, uh, the nutrition aspect is, is probably pretty tough. Um, I grew up on, uh, you know, five, six, seven, eight-year-olds uh, grow up on hot dogs and uh, candy bars at the at the ballparks of the world. So yep. um, that's still true to this, you know, 28, 29, 30-year-olds, 30-plus-year-olds uh, even to this day at, at sporting events. So it can be a real challenge. Um, I just had to buckle down and just uh, – you got to take some time to really just kind of map it out, make kind of like a – how should I, maybe like a mental budget almost, you know, am I going to spend one hour a day or one hour a week, uh, making a few meals here and there, but knowing that it's going to really save me, uh, on those days when I'm crunched and I can't make my own lunch or, you know, I, I, instead of having to go out and grab some fast food, I've, I know that I've got something already prepared and uh, already ready to go. And, uh, from, for the longest time I was like, you know what, I can't, I don't want to spend an hour on a Sunday or, you know, hour and a half, whatever the time is, you know, putting in that work. But, uh, once you start seeing some results and just start feeling better, um, not being st stressed about, you know, what you're going to eat, if you're even going to get to eat, you know, that's the other, uh, end of the pendulum there, so to speak is, um, so there's some days where you're working six, seven, eight hours and you haven't even had, uh, even a snack or, or anything, uh, to eat or drink. So being able to, to account for that and kind of mentally map that out at the start of the week, I think is a pretty good little starting point when it comes to, to maybe some nutrition type stuff. Yeah, uh, I I can understand where it's difficult um, because I still have the have the same issue where like I'm at soccer, and then we've been there for a while, and it might be a rain delay, and I'm hungry, and I'm gonna go eat popcorn. Like I, I sometimes you can't avoid it. I feel like, but you're absolutely right. If you're able to uh, to put in the work, to put in the effort, to do it, um, I'm reading a book right now called Atomic Habits by James Clear. If anybody's interested, mm -hmm. you can go to Amazon and find that. Um, talking about goal setting a little bit, uh, he said that like your your goal shouldn't be to run a marathon; it should be to become a runner. Um, and it's kind of the same way if you're trying to be healthy. You're like, well, I don't. It should go beyond health. It should go beyond just like a goal itself, an external goal, but it should be more internal and say, this is the person that I want to become. Um, as opposed to saying like, like me, I, I even said this out loud, thinking about doing a half marathon, which is uh, like coming in April, I think it's on my calendar somewhere. Um, if I get to that half marathon and my goal is a half marathon, then what the hell else do I do after it? You know what I mean? Like it should be more toward an identity thing as opposed to, uh, uh, 
a goal-based objective, wouldn't you agree? Oh, no doubt. And like I said, if uh, uh, and like you touched on too, if, you, if your goals are too too lofty, um, like the scenario you're describing, once you obtain that goal, you're like, well, okay, now what? Or B, uh, you, you can't even see uh, see the end game because it's such a lofty goal. Um, so I think I think when you talk about goal setting, especially from a uh, from a mentality and a mindset like that, you do need to approach just one, just one step at a time. My goals were not to um, become the fittest version I've ever been, but my goal was to become a fitter version of myself. And uh, uh, it's been just a process. Been doing this for five plus years now, and uh, I'm I'm not perfect still yet, but I, and I don't think I ever will be. Um, been very fortunate uh, to meet some good people along the way too that have kind of helped push. Uh, we had an assistant basketball coach, one of my best friends, still to this uh, day, and uh, I better be getting a uh, invite to be in his uh, wedding. Is uh, huh. Mr. Will Martin? Mr. Will Martin. He was uh, uh, formerly at the uh, University of San Francisco. He had worked at the uh, University of Kentucky with their men's basketball program as well. And uh, he came to Martin Methodist uh, for a one-year stint. Um, he's from the area originally, though, and uh, we had already been friends, but uh, we became best friends uh, then. And uh, he's a huge mental health advocate and uh, really a goal setter and a goal pusher. Uh, he's at Missouri Western now doing some good things with their men's basketball program. Um, and he just kind of just helped spark me. It's always good if you can have a little buddy uh, or a little friend to, to kind of help push you on, uh, to keep you accountable, if nothing else, and just to, to keep motivating you. Uh, he and I are the two, uh, the two master hype men. We would always try and hype each other up. And I think um, the same goes for sports information. If you can find a friend um, – a lot of folks were sending out Christmas cards over uh, the holidays just to random SIDs, which I thought was a, a fantastic uh, thing from a from a mental standpoint. Just getting a letter um, in the in the mail, you know, a Christmas card in the mail from a stranger, um, reaching out to that person and you know thanking them. Um, a lot of folks, you know, were big into the thank you uh, note community and stuff like that. Just little exercises like that, I think, just continue to help push you toward uh, being the best version that you can possibly be and if it's not the best version at least uh, toward a better version and just to if nothing else just kind of declutter your mind uh, just so much uh, stress and anxiety in our profession and uh, anything you can do to kind of help keep that mental engine revved up in the right direction I think is certainly a good thing you talk about doing one percent stuff or like baby steps and I was going to get to one percent thing before I spoiled it there um but uh if I like you talk about goals and if it is too long to like, yeah, and you might, somebody might sit down, they might write down, which I think you should write everything down. Like I'm going to lose 20% body fat. Like, okay, cool. Like you're going to go from what? 30 to 20, maybe even 15% body fat. Well, um, and you want to do it in a month. say. that's a little lofty. And the way that we're kind of talking here is the one step at a time thing, the 1% at a time. And I said this when we were doing our intros back over in December. Um, I asked, If I asked you to do one push-up today, it's whatever, right? You're not going to mm-hmm. see any results. I asked you to do one more push-up tomorrow, so you do two push-ups. And you're like, Dave, this is, this is pointless. And then you get to maybe 2025, 20, and that's the point where people give up because they're not seeing any results. And then what if I asked you to do add one more push-up today for a thousand days? Now you're doing a thousand push-ups a day. And I think it was the Spurs, uh, maybe even Popovich, that were like, there was a stone uh, carver or stone whatever. I don't know. I'm not super artsy like that. I don't know what it's called. Um, Who was trying to make a sculpture. And he struck the stone a hundred times and nothing happened. 
And on the 101st try, when he struck the stone, it cracked. And finally stuff started to happen. But he knew that it wasn't the 101st strike that, that made it crack. It was all the 100 before that. So anytime you're trying to come up with a goal or come up with something to do, maybe even a lifestyle change, don't make it too drastic. You still have a hundred more strikes in you before something might happen. I do, it's it's about scaling yourself down a little bit in, in my mind of thinking. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, uh, not to get too crossfit but one of the big and cool things to me about CrossFit is that first day that I showed up to do a workout, I'm staring at the board and I'm saying, there's no way I can do this workout in the amount of time that I'm supposed to. Well, that's when our uh, trusty coach, uh, one of my great colleagues, a fellow coach at the gym, he's our owner. Uh, his name's Barry Morris. He said, well, the good news is for you, you're not going to do this workout today. You're going to scale it down. And I, mm -hmm. I don't know what it was or clicked, but I bought into that concept immediately. And I really liked it, A, because I got to finish the workout. It builds a little confidence. Um and so I, I tell all of our, our, our guys and girls that come into the gym now, I say, you may not finish the workout as prescribed today, but we can scale it down. And I think you speak to it right there. Um, and when you talk about those 100 strikes and the 101st strike, I didn't complete a, a full workout as it was prescribed on the board until, you know, maybe three, four, five, six months into that, that journey. And I still sometimes don't even finish the, the current ones as they're done. So, but you just know that things are scalable and that things, um, if you just keep chipping away and you just keep moving towards uh, that end goal that you're that you're going to get closer, you may not ever get there. But if you're moving in the right direction, I'd say that's that's at least better uh, than probably where you've been. I think that that really applies to uh, to kind of when we talk about mental and physical health with, within our profession. You got your uh, what's it level one certification? Is that what it is? Yes, sir. And how did that go for you? I mean, we we talked about having the open conversations with your AD, maybe having some accountability things with some peers or colleagues. Um, I mean, how does that, how did that come about for you and, and how does it translate from what you do in the office to what you do in the gym? That's a, that's a great question. And it, it came about uh, out of necessity essentially, because I've been intrigued with the idea of coaching uh, after the first couple of years that I've been with, with the programming there. And, uh, our full disclosure, our gym was getting ready to uh, move locations, if not shut down, because our, our owner had just gotten so burnt out uh, because he was the only coach coaching about 10 to 15 or 10 to 12 classes a week. Um, and also the building that we were in was uh, was being sold. And so we were going to looking at a, a full uh, relocation. And he said, you know what, I'm just going to throw in the towel. I'm just going to pack it up. Um, I'm not doing this to make really uh, much, if any money, uh, I just do it because I like you guys. Uh, but he un kind of underestimated the, the sense of community because uh, the day after he announced that he was probably going to shut the gym down because he was a little burnout and um, kind of just looking for some help, three three extra uh, members of the gym, myself included, stepped up and said, "Hey, we're going to go uh, get our certification so we can help." Uh, not only coach and better ourselves, but also because we can kind of keep the gym and keep this community going. And um, in the office, I think is is the same way. I mean, it translated. Uh, you just start picking up on a few little little concepts here, and just you start noticing um, a little more visual cues on how people's days are, have been, how they've been going. Um, it's led to better interaction with with my coaching staff. Um, we're very fortunate here at Martin Methodist that our coaching staff is uh, is very friendly and uh, family oriented. Um, we usually always get together uh, for the big events. We all had a big gathering for the uh, national championship football game uh, the other night, go Tigers. And uh, we 
basically try and get together, try and support each other, have as much fun as we can. And uh, but now I, I start to notice, you know, hey, so and so's not they're not looking like they're themselves today. And it's led to just trying, you know, ask a few questions here, just try and slowly dip your toes into the water and try maybe to see if you can put a smile on their face, uh, try and brighten their day a little bit. And those are just cues that I've noticed from working with our athletes down at the gym, just being able to. To, to know when they're not having their best day, but try and motivate them and try and keep them going. And uh, it, it has led to a little bit of uh, some extra positivity in, in the workplace as well. Well, I'd like to change this to the part of the interview where I like to ask some fun questions. Wade, how does that sound? Sounds perfect. Uh, in your professional tenure, what's your favorite memory? Professional tenure, favorite memory. This is a cheesy answer, but it is probably the right answer. Uh, in 2013, our men's soccer team won the national uh, championship, and uh, that that was a great uh, win, obviously, and, and that's one of a few national championships we've been fortunate enough to win here at Martin Methodist. But uh, that one was special um, for a couple of reasons. I'll, I'll be brief here, but number one, one of my all-time uh, best work studies and favorite work studies uh, had asked earlier in the year if he could kind of just – take on more responsibility, do bigger things. And uh, he really went all in with the, uh, with the soccer coverage that year. And uh, I'll never forget um, being able to share hugs and, and memories with him uh, because he was a still student at the time. So, you know, he's really just on cloud nine um, and still one of my best friends to this day. But that was, that was awesome. Just seeing him, the, the amount of jubilation that, that he had after he decided to invest so much time and energy into covering that team. And then they ended up going on to win the national championship. Uh, the other great memory from that national championship was uh, the bus ride home because our assistant coach at the time, uh, who's our head coach, Mr. Chris Leonardi, he, uh, he totally changed the culture with our uh, team. And it's funny, we were talking about nutrition a moment ago because he, the first thing he did was overhaul the nutrition plan for the men's soccer team. Uh, no fast food, you know, very mindful of what the, uh, the food they were eating was going to be. And I don't know when the date was issued, but he uh, issued a, a, a decree that if they won the national championship, that he would personally buy the entire team's bill at McDonald's on the way home. Yeah. And uh, you have never seen or smelled so much uh, McDonald's. Uh, but luckily, they ate it indoors and not on the bus. But uh, he personally spent probably over $250, I think it was, on uh, on McDonald's. Kids just ordering food left and right. And you just – that was just so much – hilarious uh, memories that just come from that. I don't think I'll ever forget. Uh, and that's, that's one of those things, you know, it was that titles won around December too. I think we celebrated that national championship probably for the whole month of December at that point. It was kind of, kind of like LSU uh, down in, in Baton Rouge almost in that regard. Yep. They're still going down there. Yep. Um, what about on the other side? What's your biggest horror story? Ooh, biggest horror story. If you have one. I can't think of one off the top of my head other than your standard issues where you, maybe you have two games going at one time mm -hmm. and you're not really sure, you know, about your equipment situation and you're trying to roll the dice and um, you plug in maybe a, 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 your laptop or your auxiliary cord and you're getting ready to play the national anthem and you hit a button and, and nothing fires. Um, yeah. I think that's probably, I think that's probably been uh, the case for, for every one of us at some point. Um, I have played uh, the wrong uh, wrong version of our, our U.S. national anthem a time or two and played about a – I think I played the five-minute Whitney Houston version, which is not a bad version, but uh, five minutes is a little lengthy for the national anthem. So uh, a few little few little things like that. I can't think of any just major, major uh, horror stories. But, you know, you still do get a little nervous. Uh, our sound system plugs into the floor at our basketball games, 
and uh, our, it's right behind our scores table. And so if you're not very uh, delicate as you enter or exit your seats, uh, you could jostle a cord and the sound system could go out. And that has uh, happened, you know, mid starting lineups and mid, you know, uh, games a few times. So um, those are not, you know, extreme horror stories, but when an entire gym is looking at you and, and you know, kind of saying what the heck's going on, then, I mean, that, that is kind of really a nerve wracking um, type moment. Uh, what's one thing you're interested in to learn more about in this profession? Oh, that is a great question. Um, and I feel like it's a loaded question in a sense, because, uh, we've, we've gone or gone so much, um, growth, if you will, in the graphics game. There was mm -hmm. a few years ago and I mentioned back in 2012 when I got hired, it was kind of a different ball game. I didn't even know what a infographic really was back in 2012. Well, then around, 2013, 14, 15, I really started noticing, you know, holy smokes, every single person is on Photoshop and is like a absolute magician. And <laughs> I, I can barely cut and paste a few pictures here and there together. You know, I, I tried to learn as best I could, but I would go to Coastside and, you know, everybody is jammed into the room trying to listen to the, uh, the photo editing sessions. And I just, I'm, I'm just blown away by that. And I'm just like, man, I, I got to get better at this. I got to get better at this. Well, then now here we are just a few years later. And now at least at our level, the, uh, the template craze has kind of, kind of taken over and, um, kind of, I'm kind of walking that thin line. Do I go all in on investing more time on Photoshop and, you know, video effects and editing of that nature? Or do you just rely on the fact that, you know, that, uh, that the template thing is, is not just taken over at a small level, but you're seeing even bigger schools, um, go to that methodology. So I'm, I'm really curious on what the trend is going to play out in the next year or two. And it, if, or when I should invest a little more time, um, on those two areas, because I would say infographics and, uh, and video editing probably for sure. In your mind, what traits or characteristics make a good SID? Uh, stick to itiveness, a little professional grit. Uh, one of our professors on campus, um, is a former uh, NFL uh, executive. His name is uh, Dr. Gene Smith. He was with the Jaguars back in the day. And uh, he, he talks a lot about uh, professional grit. And uh, I think uh, that goes back to, uh, as we started this conversation, that Little League ballpark. I'm, I'm, I'll do whatever it takes to get into, uh, into the press box. I'll do whatever it takes to get into the, uh, to the office and to, and to work uh, with these great coworkers that I have. And I think if you can just continue to show up uh, and do a good job. I think that alone is going to separate you from a lot of people in this industry. Um, it's kind of sad to, to say and to hear, but you know, when you rely on student workers, you, you hear every excuse, uh, under the sun, as you well know. Yeah. But, uh, it's another thing when you hear those same excuses from people, um, that are in similar positions or, or even higher positions. So, I think if you can just continue to put your nose to the grindstone, like you said, chop away, uh, chip away a hundred times, um, that hundred first could be, could be your lucky break. And, and you never know who's watching. I think that's a huge key, uh, key too. um, don't do, we all do things sometimes for notoriety and, and, you know, fame, but don't, um, don't always do it for that because, um, you never know who's going to be watching, who's going to take notice. Uh, sometimes you get emails and, you know, from random parents and you're thinking, Oh no, here's a, here's a complaint. You know, here's a, a, a really, uh, nasty email coming my way. And then you open it up and it's, it's actually a compliment or something nice, you know? So I think, uh, just being able to put, put on a professional face and, uh, just always, uh, being accountable is, is huge in our industry. And if you can do those, you're really going to separate yourself from, from a lot of other people in our industry. Uh, we already talked about it a little bit, but, um, work-life balance outside of CrossFit, what do you do to have fun? 
Uh, that's a that's a great question. Um, we're in Tennessee here, so the weather is not bad. I like playing golf a lot, uh, although I guess that could be a frustrating uh, experience as well. But uh, I enjoy um, going out in nature as much as I can, just getting outside, being active. Um, love watching sports, believe it or not. Uh, Saturday, yeah. this, this this past weekend, uh, was, was our lone Saturday off for virtually the next two months, three months, basically, you know, with crossover season about to, to start up. And uh, – me and my girlfriend and one of our coworkers, we went to to Nashville because our former basketball coach, uh, a guy by the name of Scott Combs, one of my good friends, he was playing up in Nashville. Morehead State was playing uh, Belmont. Hmm. So I ran into one of their marketing uh, guys at Belmont, and uh, he said, you know, how's things going at Martin Methodist? I said, not bad, not bad. You know, we're, we're doing okay. And he said, yeah, I guess, I guess things are going okay if you can come up on a, a Saturday. And I said, well, I'll be honest with you, this is my lone Saturday off, basically. But um, ended up catching a sporting event on that Saturday. I think just that, that love of sports comes naturally. And you can find me um, either at a sporting event or watching one or, or trying to keep tabs on one on social media during the downtime. Um, I wouldn't, wouldn't be a true SID at heart if I didn't say I play little video games every now and again. I enjoy playing uh, cards, you know, playing all sorts of games. Um, just anything to kind of just, just keep me active and kind of just keep moving and, and keep the mind a little sharp too is, is always good. Enjoy reading, um, trying to learn new things, uh, learn new tricks and skills and hobbies and stuff. Just anything you can do like that, that it, as varied as our sports information jobs are, it, sometimes it does become, in my opinion, very monotonous. Mm -hmm. And so anything you can do to kind of break up that monotony with something new, something cool, something fresh, uh, I think is, is fun and I enjoy doing that. Uh, next time someone's in your area, what's your restaurant or bar recommendation? Well, you could take your pick if you're in the Nashville area, obviously. Um, that's going to be great. Uh, in Pulaski, however, uh, there's really only about one or two options. You got a really cool, uh, and I say really cool, you'll have to take that with the air quotes uh, attached. Uh, <laughs> we've got two Mexican restaurants. Uh, one is called La Fuente, and a group of us from work, we usually go play trivia. Um, haven't done it as much recently with, with this basketball season kind of taking a lot of our time, but, uh, we usually will go play trivia once or twice a week. Um, there's another, uh, bar slash restaurant in town called, uh, legends. Hmm. We go there. And, uh, the big kicker though, if you ever come to Pulaski, it's gotta be on a Wednesday, but I had this for lunch. So I've got a, uh, and don't tell my, my CrossFit coach that I had this, but, uh, uh, there's a, a barbecue place in the middle of town called Reed's barbecue. And on Wednesdays only, you can get a barbecue sandwich for a dollar 25. So, um, that's that's tough to beat on a Wednesday uh, if you ever find yourself down here in P-Town, as we like to call it. Uh, if anybody any questions for you, want to get in touch with you, what would be the best way to do it? Absolutely. Uh, best way to get in touch, my email address is uh, wneely at martinmethodist.edu, N-E-E-L-Y. Or you can catch me if you wanted to. My personal email address is neely.wade at gmail.com. Uh, pretty active on Twitter, at Wade Neely. Um, you can even shoot me a Facebook friend request. I'm a friend and follower of most of our uh, fellow uh, sports information groups on Facebook and uh, Instagram, all that stuff. It's about the same handle across the board. So uh, I'm on social media. I'm, I have not really enabled any of the screen time uh, data usage on my iPhone because I'm scared to look and see uh, how much time yeah. I would actually be spending on those. But uh, uh -huh. I, I got TweetDeck rolling pretty much all day long. So uh, I enjoy uh, meeting new people, chatting with new people. And uh, that's the beauty of Coastsider to me is uh, is going out and meeting new people, putting names with faces, and uh, and seeing newcomers uh, come into the profession too. Um, I'm getting to be one of the 
I'm not going to say the old dogs just yet, but I'm one of the medium dogs in this group. So uh, I enjoy seeing the new pups coming in and uh, trying to bring them up to speed. And, and it's fun just seeing the, the youthful uh, passion. Uh, is, there's nothing like when you see a young student worker uh, that really enjoys uh, sports information and, and enjoys what we do uh, because we had that same love and affinity for it back when we got into it long ago. So uh, I appreciate for you for doing this. Uh, this I'm going to comb through as many of the pods as I can because uh, listen to Billy from life a few weeks ago. He's a great oh, friend yeah? uh-huh. and uh, it's good. It's good stuff, man. You do a great job. And uh, I thank you so much uh, for all that you do uh, for shining a, a light on our profession. Well, I'll keep going as long as people keep listening. How's that sound? Sound like a good plan. And uh, <laughs> I hope uh, we get to uh, to catch up uh, in Vegas over the summer. Um, I'm excited oh, yeah. about Coast. Coastside is going to be a fun one this year. Uh, obviously, there's some some buzz about it because uh, we are going to be out in the desert. So uh, it'll be a fun one. It will be hot. Uh, 107. Uh, they say it's a dry heat, but I was there this past summer and 107 is still 107 degrees. So, uh, so be ready for that, folks. Yeah, get ready for your 5K. Hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Wade, thank you very much for coming on. We all really do appreciate it. Thank you very much.